Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, and that means it's time for the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. This week, we have a group episode because we're going to be covering the uh, cultural event of the movie known as Skinamarink. It seems like there's everyone's talking about this movie, so I figured we should get all three of us on the horn to talk about this. So how's it going, men? Yeah, good. Not bad. How are you doing, man? Doing okay. Uh, going well. Good to see everybody all together. The gang's all here. The last time uh, we did this was, uh, I guess, December for the uh, year in review. So, yeah, I, I think this movie is definitely worthy of uh, of the three-way Necro. So, yeah, Absolutely. here we are. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, um, we were, we're, I think all three of us were sort of looking forward to this film. And uh, mm-hmm. when it finally came out, uh, you know, I we I think we'd all seen. I know I know Mike. I know you saw Heck. Yeah, I saw Heck. I wasn't sure if Jeff had checked it out. I but, still uh, uh, have not seen it. No. Yeah. So we all kind of well, at least two thirds of us knew what to kind of expect with this film. You know, but mm. uh, it's going to be um, a challenge for a lot of people. You know, and it was pretty much it lived up to that. You know. Yeah, uh, Jeff, I would definitely, definitely, definitely recommend hunkering down and, and, and sparing the 25, 30 minutes for heck. Um, it is on YouTube. It is it is kind of like the uh, I don't know, I, I guess the 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 term paper version uh, of Skinner hmm. in a way. Uh, some people think it's better. Some people think it, it works better. Uh, I think they're both great. Um, but yeah, you need to see it. Yeah, well, this would be the perfect setting. I'm actually home alone in my uh, house in the middle of nowhere in Austin. And uh, it's just me and the cats and perfect setting to watch something truly creepy and terrifying. Uh, We do, however, have our power back finally. So uh, that's one good thing. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, we we had quite the storm here in in, in Texas. Hmm. Before we get rolling, I just want to give our shout outs to our fellow horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. So, uh, of course, uh, we have Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666, which comes at you on Mondays. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, back from vacation and uh, post top selections of 2022, we have mm-hmm. Into the Necrosphere brought to you by Jackie Smith. On Wednesday, we have Everything Went Black, which is. Uh, the my first attempt at doing podcasts so uh <laughs> thursday is necro thursday which uh if you're listening to this podcast right now it's uh the necromaniacs day mm-hmm. friday we have break the apocalypse with mike's brother john draper for an irreverent look at current events with a comedic bent to it correct we take saturdays off <laughs> and then carl Hikara comes at you on sundays with soul Knox. For all things esoteric, occult, and generally just weird. I've been on his show a bunch of times, and we talk about a variety of different things. It's a cool show. Uh, yeah. Uh, listeners, check it out if you have not already. Check out all of the horsemen if you have not already, of course. And uh, we appreciate your support if you're a listener of this podcast. Thank you very much. You yeah, have every day pretty much covered. We got you know, every, every day is covered except for Saturday. You know, you got to get outside and get some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> all the flowers. You know, it's going to be. Or uh, go to the movies, right? Go yeah, go girl. physically to the movies. 
<laughs> I was just listening to you guys' episode on uh, Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was good. Just, you know, like, uh, just when you think you've heard everything about a movie, it's it's good to hear people talking about that because it's really been a while since I've listened to any podcasts about that movie or even watched it. Uh, I definitely uh, I might watch it again tonight. It's probably been about six years. Awesome. Well, Jeff, that's why we're the best horror podcast in America. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. That's why. Um, I mean, yeah. 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 You know. <laughs> I will say it's not as good as Diary of the Dead, though. I mean, that's a classic. Uh, <laughs> you know, kidding. I need to go and rewatch Diary. Land, uh, you can skip. I'm not a big Land of the Dead guy, but I actually want to rewatch Diary. It's kind of—I feel like it left my memory base, you know, in my head. Well, there's a reason for that. It's not very good. Ah, uh, yeah. There's that. There's that. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's the one after that, uh, Survival of the Dead. I think it is. Hmm. No, no, no. I think that's it. Land is before it. Land has Asia yeah. Argento. Yes. Land uh, and then Diary and then Survival. He did like a, oh, okay. uh, he, he did one after that. That's, uh, hmm. I, well, uh, not a lot of people have seen. And again, for a reason, it's, it's really not very good. It's actually kind of depressing to see like the decline of such a, a great filmmaker. But, you know, they can't all be home runs, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely reminiscent of the Dario scenario in a way. But I, hmm. you know, I maintain I, I got a kick out of last year's uh, uh, Dark Glasses. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, yeah. I thought it was good, actually, Dark Glasses. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, fun stuff. But uh, tonight, new movie uh, after, you know, last week's older film. Back to modern stuff. Uh, Skin America is it's, it's a phenomenon. I mean, it, you can you can liken it a bit to, you know, Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity. But in a way, I mean, this movie was made for $15,000, far less than both of those films. And has, uh, as of right now, uh, as of this taping, the second week of February, made some $2 million. So that is astounding. What do you think? I think we're definitely in the era of uh, independent horror becoming like a thing in a, in a commercial way, which is good for everybody, I think, that loves this, this uh, genre, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, what also comes close to it, obviously, uh, in, in the modern sense, is the Terrifier 2 story, which was the the, the 2022 phenomena made for, was it like 250 grand or something like that? And $10 million gross or something like that? I don't know, but something in that ballpark. But anyway, it's, yeah, you could compare it to that for sure. Hmm. I would even go one step further and say that even the year before we had Seder, which didn't have the same sort of... Um, you know, uh, mass appeal or didn't make as much money, but it was definitely like a DIY <laughs> film yeah. that got onto a lot of people's radars. Mm -hmm. And also it's similar, similar to this film. It's kind of like this, uh, you know, meditative brooding nonlinear story, like more like an experimental film. So this is almost like a precursor. I, I, in my opinion, I feel like it's a precursor to this sort of thing. Yeah. Seder was fucking great. Um, it is also open to interpretation, maybe not as much so as uh, Skin America, but it was definitely a, an, an original, thought-provoking, scary film. And for me, Skin America was definitely all of that, you know, thought-provoking, scary, and disturbing. 
Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you on that. I don't know that it's so as open to interpretation. It felt pretty straightforward to me, but uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Well, before we get into that, let's uh, do the, you know, the, the basics, uh, I think, on the film. What do you say? Uh, it is directed by Kyle Edward Ball, Canadian fella, who also wrote the screenplay. Um, according to Wikipedia, it is based on the short heck. So mm -hmm. there, there is a little bit of a tie in there, obviously. Uh, small cast, four people. We have uh, Lucas Paul as the young Kevin, Dali Rose Tetrell as Kaylee, uh, Ross Paul as Kevin and Kaylee's father, and Jamie Hill as Kevin and Kaylee's mother. The mother and father do not have names. They are simply uh, mom and dad. Um, released this summer at the Fantasia Film Festival initially July 25th, 2022. Uh, it hit North American theaters January 13th of this year. And uh, it hit Netflix, uh, not Netflix, it hit uh, Shutter <laughs> exclusively about two weeks ago, I believe on uh, Friday, February 3rd. So it's it just got on there and it's still showing theatrically at quite a few uh, places, uh, hence why it's still making money. Uh, running time is 100 minutes and yeah, budget of $15,000, current box office at $2 million. That's great. Yeah. Did either of you, Mike Hill, you saw this in the theater, right? I did. I, I wanted to make uh, a point of seeing this in a theater. And, uh, yeah, like I, I've said it you know, before. There's the old uh, AMC uh, dining theater, which is virtually walking distance from my apartment. And mm. uh, so I, I always go to the Friday night 10 o'clock show if I want to go to the movies especially the films that I end up wanting to see. There's very few people that show up to those, those for whatever reason, the show before that uh. is packed. 10 o'clock, it's just too late for most people. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but this, um, there was about, there was one other guy and a couple. So there was a total of uh, four people in the theater. Mm. And at the end of the, of the, the hour and 40 minutes, there was uh, just me and the other guy, and the, the guy, <laughs> the other guy was asleep. Like, like when, when I was leaving, because I got those re reclining seats, you know. Yeah. The dude was like unconscious. Like he was like, like, like he was just like probably in REM sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah, I sleep. I can believe it. Yeah, that that that's one thing I've been reading uh, here and there about is uh, anyone who saw this in the theater talks about massive mass walkouts. Hmm. Well, well, you know, I mean, the dude was obviously the other couple. They were obviously on a date, you know what I mean. And it was like some regular looking dude and his like basic like lady friend, you know. And they were probably thinking they were going to see like The Conjuring or something like that. And uh, yeah, this was like they're just weren't ready for this type of freedom, you know, in in, in filmmaking. You know, I just yeah. uh, I had a funny thought. Right, uh, I've been on first dates. Uh, with girls that, you know, we both like horror movies and I've been on like first date horror movies in my lifetime. And imagine this is your first date horror movie. Imagine that. Well, <laughs> I thought about that as I was observing this couple, you know, during, during the previews, you know, hmm. I was like, I'm like, oh, there's a couple here. I'm like, if that could be the woman that you spend the rest of your life with. Yes. The very end of it, right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. 
or or you could have both liked it and both felt so fucked up that it literally it, again it like you said it could it could draw you together it could be the the, the woman you marry you know and you could <laughs> flip it that could be the guy you marry and it's just one of those kind of movies i mean personally if i was on a date seeing that movie i would probably have been, been talking about it nonstop afterwards but that's just me yeah. yeah well i watched this at home i didn't go to the theater i watched it with my girlfriend um this is my you know you like uh you had told me about your experience seeing the movie and you told me some like specific things like all right like you have to be immersed in it like keep your phone mm. in the other room make yes. sure you're in a really dark room and play it loud i believe that those are that's exactly what you told me and uh uh, I, I think, yeah, this this film, you have to be immersed in this for it to work. Uh, Mike, you, Hill, you also compared this to, like, um, if you go into this movie, go go to see this movie, like, it's like, if you go to see Sun and you expect Slayer, you're going to be disappointed. Hmm. And that is exactly it. And this, I would even take the Sun comparison further. This movie is, like, if Sun, the band, was a movie. Hmm. It's It's all about tone. Yep, and the the tone, the volume, and the length are are the point, really. Because a common complaint is it's too long. But I don't think the spell of this movie quite works if it's a short film. I concur with you, Jeff. Um, I'm going to say right, you know, outright to the listeners, we're going to pretty much, you know, talk with spoilers for this one. Um, Can you spoil this movie? <laughs> I mean, well, to a degree. Um, yes. But what I do want to say is, if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to the podcast. Uh, watch it with your phone either off or just don't look at your fucking phone for an hour and 40 minutes, okay? Um, number two, uh, pay attention. Uh, number three, watch it with the subs on, although a lot of it has subs in it already. Uh, I would even recommend putting the subtitles on it on top of that. Mm. And again, just immer immerse yourself in it. Get be vested in it. Uh, if you're if you're looking for, you know, Freddy or Jason or you know whatever, this is not it. You need to know that going in. Um, and just I don't know, give it a chance. I think I think some people I feel like that have uh, gone on about how much they hated it are just mm. being very ignorant about it and about like. I knew this sucked five minutes in. Well, this isn't a movie you can't say sucked five minutes in because five minutes in, nothing has happened. So you need to be vested. And I think that's just important to get out there for people who haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mike Hill, you and I, uh, to some degree, have gone back and forth. After watching this, I did not know what I thought about it. I, I didn't know if I loved it or hated it, but it was all I was thinking about. And and Michael, I think you had a similar experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and what's interesting is that you guys watched it on Shutter, so you, I, I didn't have the um, the benefit of being able to turn subs on. So mm -hmm. the only sub subtitles that I saw were the ones that were provided provided, yeah, in the film. So any of the other whispers and stuff, it's like you had I couldn't really, you know, you had to, you're you're it was hard to hear that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I saw it in the theater, so the sound system was like banging, you know, that this like PA system there cranking it, which I thought was cool, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, seeing it in the theater, it was it was just dark. I was, you know, basically by myself because there was only three other people there. <laughs> and um, 
it, it was, uh, you know, just like an immersive kind of experience and you have nothing to do, but just stare at the imagery and also some of the, um, visual distortion, like in the video, like, you know, just the darkness and seeing that distortion, your mind wants to like assemble some of that imagery into things. So you, you swear that you saw other stuff while you're watching the film. But all you're really doing is staring into the darkness of this room and there's just all these visual artifacts there, you know? I mean, I found it super duper effective. Um, yeah. I was just fucking creeped out. I was I was scared. <laughs> I was invested. I, I was there. Like, I was not bored. I was not falling asleep. I was honestly quite terrified, uh, you know, in this viewing experience. Um, the basis of the film, just a quick, quick rundown before we get going even more, uh, the film follows two children who have woke up during the middle of the night in 1995 to discover that they cannot find their father and that the windows, doors, and other objects in the house are disappearing. Okay. If you fed me that line, I don't know, months and months ago, this is a new movie coming out. That's the plot. I would want to check it out. What about you? Based on those couple of sentences. 100 percent yeah i mean that that's exactly the kind of shit that I, i'm into is that just what you described is like you know exactly the type of fiction i dig where it's just like some weird scenario like that you know you know what's funny yeah. the, the, they they talk about some people were like for 1995 it looked like the 70s well what's what's interesting is that oh this is you know a canadian film in, in the suburbs uh somebody pointed out how in 1995, a, a lot of parents who had homes were, in fact, homes that were built in the 70s and that still look kind of like 70s homes. So it actually fit right in with 1995. And I thought that was a, a very interesting take. That that would be my first question. Uh, the movie takes place in 1995. Um, did either of you find any significance to, to that year in relation to the movie? Maybe with the legos the particular legos uh there weren't legos like that in, in the 70s number one though the, it was uh those were the director's to childhood toys how about that uh the That's film was the film was shot at kyle edward ball's childhood home and the mother provided the toys that she kept that were his and his sisters so how about that yeah. That's amazing. My mom threw all mine out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just uh, jealous. But yeah, a lot of homes were built in the 70s that, you know, young families or, you know, lived in in the 90s. So that kind of made sense to me. I thought that was a nice little sidebar. Yeah. I mean, I know, I noticed, yeah, it takes place in 1995. Uh, the movie is dedicated to someone who passed away. Uh, that someone was born in 1991 mm. and he would be four in 1995, which is the year this takes place. And which is, I, I Kevin is four Kevin. years old in this. Yes. So mm. I was kind of wondering if that was any sort of significance uh, to the quote unquote plot of this movie um like you said you found it open to interpretation i really only got a couple things out of this i thought this is either a child's nightmare mm -hmm. or or this is some sort of uh limbo like a hell afterlife something well okay um what to me says that that might not be the case is the fact that 
yes, uh, Kevin does fall down the stairs. Spoiler alert. Uh, he is taken by his father crying out of the house. We hear the car starting. They go to the hospital. The father comes home, makes a phone call to whom we do not know who he is talking to, by the way. Uh, some say it might be the mother, but no, I think mom is dead at the start of the movie. That's another hmm. thing we'll get into. Oh, interesting. Um, we don't even know who he's talking to and telling that to. We do know that the father just seems kind of aloof and cold and not even really caring that much that his son is injured. It is then after that that the kids fall asleep, wake up, and then dad is gone, the windows are gone, the doors are gone, all the crazy shit starts happening. Personally, my take, there is an entity in the house that is doing hmm. all this that has possibly killed the mother and the father, okay, and is torturing Kevin and Kaylee. That is my take. Uh, hence, there's a line in the movie where it says to them, I can do anything, hmm. okay? it's a, I think it's a spirit. I think it is an evil spirit in that house that is doing all this, that has basically trapped them in hell, so to speak, you know? Um, he's fucking with Kevin and Kaylee. He takes away Kaylee's eyes and mouth because it doesn't do what it wants her to do, you know? Uh, there's a cartoon shown over and over again about a disappearance that, that if you're paying attention, it's repeated over with dog and a rabbit, um, mm. again, I feel like that, that is showing what like the, the spirit can do. It can do anything. It can make things appear and disappear. I think what it's doing to Kevin is, is that it's tormenting him and that there's no escape, no doors, no windows. There's no relief. Every time Kevin goes to sleep and wakes up, he's repeating the same horrific hell that he is trapped in by day 572 and into mm. infinity. And that is what I think. Well, that's sort of to my point about like they're in some sort of limbo, some sort of uh, hell. Um, that's one of uh, like what I thought maybe was going on. Uh, Mike Hill, what about you? I'd like to just maybe expand on that a little bit because that's pretty much what um, yeah I came up with. I thought the for me though, I thought the father had killed everyone, and uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. and, maybe and that what happened was uh, you know like in. Um, the Tibetan uh, Book of the Dead, there's a thing called the Bar Bardo, which is like that space between, um, you know, one current life and then you, you would you inhabit this area between lives and then you get before you get reincarnated, according to, you know, the Hindus, they have that philosophy. I mean, so what I was thinking is the father, Kevin was is mortally wounded by the dad. You know, and he's trying to by cover. The, okay, up. you think it's by the dad? I, I think okay. the dad, right? Okay. And I think that um, as he's dying, like all of this stuff changes, like his consciousness is altered, and then he ends up in this like bardo, like this limbo, which is like between worlds, and that's for all of eternity until he gets manifested into another life or something like that. Like that, that was like literally what was going through my head when I was watching it in the theater. You know, maybe because I've been reading a bunch of shit like that, like prior, like the days leading up to it. But mm. that's kind of what what I was thinking was going on. And that this this like other thing that was tormenting him was making him relive like, you know, it was like some other entity, some non corporeal thing 
that has like ultimate power, like in this realm that he's inhabiting. And at the place that he's inhabiting is familiar enough to where he was living, but it was a, it's a different place than it is that it's not his house, obviously, because there's no windows. People's phys physicality are, is changing, but the things that Kevin's seeing are not actually those people. They're like vestiges, like remnants of his past life. That's mm. what I, I mean, that's just my take. I don't know if that's what anyone okay. else feels about it, but, you know, maybe See, I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. See, I think the the entity made, told Kevin to do that, like made Kevin do that. Uh, it says to him that he wants to play. A and then one of the next things that happens is the, is the knife going into its eye, um, into Kevin's eye, uh, which is done off camera, by the way, viewers. You don't see that, thank God. Um, we don't really see anything. You don't, see, don't anything. see anything. Yeah. Um, okay, there's one of the sites that had the theory that I, I like the best is called Comic Book Resources, CBR.com. Um, and it, it brings up the, uh, you know, the cartoon thing. It says, first key to unlocking what's happening in Skimmering comes from the sequence in which the camera focuses on the family television. Despite the high contrast glow, audiences can make out this old-timey cartoon on the screen. The cartoon begins to glitch and it repeats over and over again. The repeated moment is a dog watching in shock as a rabbit vanishes himself magically with a cartoonish pop sound cue. Okay. Next is a single line of dialogue spoken by the amorphous evil that was taking Kevin and his sister hostage, which is, I want to play. Uh, and then it says, naturally, whatever this voice's idea of play involves is far more malevolent than piecing together some plastic bricks. Instead, it revolves around a Simon Says style of game instruction that ends with Kevin plunging a knife into his eye. Um with all these desperate moments together are two additional sequences near the climax of the film. Uh again, it has to do with this pop sound cue, uh, according to this guy, where he says, I want to play. Um, it's just kind of harping on the fact that there there this evil, that's what I'm gonna say, has trapped this family and is fucking with Kevin in particular because Kevin is still, you know, around and alive at this point. There are people that do think though, uh, backtrack a little, that at the start of the film, when Kevin has fallen, he has gone into some kind of coma. And this entire movie is Kevin in a coma, hanging on to his dear life. And at the end, he finally dies when the entity tells him to go to sleep. Hmm. Um, there's that. There's a, another another theory, which is a little more wilder, that there's no monster at all, that everything is in Kevin's head. Uh, there's another one that harkens back to what Mike said, that the father is the monster, that the father did kill the mother, that the father uh, potentially would have, would have killed uh, Kaylee. Um, you know, again, lots and lots of theories out there um another is that they're all dead even at the start of the film and that this whole thing is this some kind of nightmarish hellscape that they can't escape from again open to interpretation the director himself has not said specifically that the film is any of these things in particular yeah i guess i had a different experience with it like maybe i wasn't paying close close enough attention but i think around like minute 20 25 i gotta see the first like five ten minutes of this movie i, I found myself uncomfortable mm. sort of shifting around on, on the couch 
a little antsy, a little like, oh, you know, you know, Mike Hill told me to expect something that you were not expecting, but I wasn't expecting this. I was like, oh, you know, because he, he mentioned Eraserhead, the early shorts of David Lynch. I was like, yeah, I get it. This is almost more abstract than that. Um, but it was around minute sort of 25. I found myself like sort of being lulled into this experience. You know, the, the grainy, I, I don't think this was shot on film. I think that's some sort of effect they put on to make it look like we're watching 16 millimeter film from uh from years ago um another wild theory is that kevin killed everyone oh yeah no <laughs> um <laughs> but, um, uh, but a, yeah a reddit, a reddit poster said he has a split personality and when the monster personality is in control kevin sees the house as if there are no doors dark and upside down mm-hmm. uh he killed his parents mm-hmm. and when kevin is talking he sees the aftermath of what he has done I don't know. Hmm. That that's a bit hmm. wilder. That's a bit more of a stretch. I don't think Kevin is a monster. I don't think Kevin has killed anyone. That's in my in my take. Yeah, um, I just sort of took it as like just me go like like being lulled and hypnotized by this movie. That, that it's just what it felt like to me was what what would a four year old have a nightmare about? That's exactly the kind of things that are familiar that are suddenly unfamiliar. And that's really like what a nightmare is. Like, uh, you know, there's lots of shots of toys and seemingly harmless things. But, you know, when, when you have a nightmare, the, these little things become terrifying that you you can't really describe. Mm. And that's what I took from from this movie. Uh, the one face you see in this movie is at the, the very end. And you don't even really see it. And it's just saying, go to sleep. I took that as... He's sort of half awake, half asleep. That's his mother, you know, that kind of state we're all in. When you first wake up, you're not sure if you're still dreaming or or not. Right. That's how I interpreted it. And I know this movie, it did start, its origin started as a short film. And I do believe it started as some sort of project where the filmmaker asked people to send him the nightmares they would have. Mm. That yeah, was another yeah, thing. No. Yeah, the guy. He had a he had a YouTube channel called Bite Size Nightmares. Yes, and that's what it was. Like comment commenters would send him their nightmares, and he would put you know videos together on his on the YouTube channel. Another yeah. uh, good plausible theory out there is that uh, Kevin and Kaylee are the children of two neglectful, abusive drug addicts <laughs> who have who abuse their children. And neglect their children and you know that it the, the nightmares that the children are having are the result of having horrible parents how about that but no but like okay i think that could be a, a a piece of it because where the fuck did dad go dad was there dad made a phone call dad took kevin to the hospital he didn't seem like he gave a fuck after that but he's gone after that mm. and mom well, is gone period I think the mother is dead at the start of the film. And when the daughter says, I don't want to talk about mommy, I think what uh, Kaylee meant by that was that she saw her mother either A, be killed, A, by the father, or B, she saw the mother kill herself. That's what Mm. I think. And that's what's kind of cool about this movie is like, and I think there's your, you know, obviously it's intentionally vague. And it's cool that a movie like this it, it can mean so many different things to so many different people. And it's not anything straightforward or linear. I don't want to go so far as to say we've never seen anything like this, you know, because we have. But we don't see something like this very often. 
Um, um, when was the last time you saw something like this in a horror film? This is more like, okay, it's it is artsy fartsy. This film, let's let's put it out there. But I have never seen a movie in the horror genre quite like this before. Uh, the very end of Blair Witch is open to interpretation, but we kind of get a fair assessment of what the fuck happened there. With yeah, this yeah. one, you literally can find 50 to 100 decent takes that what might this have been all about. I've never seen that before. And to me, that's what makes this movie so special and what makes it like a fucking great movie. And it mm. angers me that there are horror fans out there. Oh, I turned it off in 10 minutes. It's like, are you an idiot? Like, I, I just, I saw so many dumb takes on Facebook that I was just like, you know, just like in metal, just like in, in sports, there are ignorant fans. And, and there's too many ignorant fans, I think, that have dismissed this film. And that's my two cents right there. I mean, I don't really give a fuck. I think this movie deserves attention and it's definitely worthy of your time. I mean, how could you not want to check something out where this much of the fandom has this many things to say about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's like an event almost, you know. And and um, I gotta tell you, man. Later that night, I had trouble sleeping after watching this. Oh yeah, Dude, yeah, me I, too. I watched it two nights ago. And, no, no, I'm sorry. I watched it last night, uh, just to keep it fresh. And it was completely on my mind. And I totally thought about it as I was falling asleep. And I thought about it today. And yeah, I'm I'm going to be thinking about this movie for a long time. And and if it, you know when it hits Blu-ray or it, you know if there's any kind of extras, if there's any more insight I can get about it, I mean I would love to know. Um, I do like that the director is really leaving it in the hands of the fans to a degree because he wants people to have their own personal you know, journey. And this, this movie is a journey. It is a journey into fucking hell, but it is a journey nonetheless. Yeah. He's taking sort of the David Lynch approach. Like I can tell you what this all means, but the greatest thing about a mystery is, 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 is solving it. Or like the greatest mysteries are never solved. You know, it's, mm. he leaves it up to the viewer and usually like, like David Lynch films and this film for me boiled down to just a very sim simple idea. And like I mentioned before, was really mostly about tone Mm -hmm. Um, God, what do you think this movie is getting like a really insane reaction most most of what I've seen is, is really negative and there seems to be this sort of movement like this thumbing your nose at quote unquote elevated horror mm -hmm. and if you like this you're a snob or if you didn't like it you didn't get it um, you know I, I don't begrudge people's takes on, on, on anything if you like something great if you don't like it great but there seems to be so much hatred <laughs> surrounding this yeah, movie that's what people got me angry. really hated it yeah that's what has gotten me a bit angry and look if you did watch it it did pay attention and you still came away with not liking it that's okay uh, I'm more upset about the just pure ignorant caveman moronic takes that i've read and i've read quite a few of those and i'm like you need to watch it again you didn't pay attention you clearly weren't vested in the film and maybe you shouldn't even comment on it that, that, that's how i see it. maybe that's snobby of me but whatever i mean you know this the the podcast is largely about our opinions on films and mm -hmm. that's my opinion um 
I don't think liking it makes you snobby. I think liking it makes you a fan that can appreciate something different and appreciate something that is open to interpretation. Uh, the director of the film admitted that he is a fan of both Lynch and Kubrick, uh, Kyle Edward Ball. So there's that's definitely there. I think both stamps are on that uh, for those directors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I actually didn't think it would be such a wild event, this movie, when I first saw the trailer a few months back and when I watched Heck. Um, a, a little about Heck. Uh, the ending of Heck puts puts a, a cap on things a bit a bit better. Uh, I, I think it, you, you come away a bit more clear uh, as to what has happened. Um, and it is, is equally scary and disturbing, clocking in at about 30 minutes. Um, it's a different child. It's a different family. It's, you know, essentially a different story, but a lot of similarities. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I just find it like, again, a little frustrating to see the negativity, but uh, then again, there's also some really nice positivity coming out of like some of the, the more major, uh, reviews, like, you know, uh, Variety gave it a good review and, Dread Central gave it three and a half out of five, and Rue Morgue liked it. AV Club gave it an A. Rolling Stone gave it a good review. I mean, there are people, you know, giving a good review, but uh, Richard Brody of The New Yorker said, accomplished but seemingly unfinished, indeed mm. hardly begun. That is what I, I might even agree with that, actually, because I even think there, there could have and maybe should have been a little more meat on the bone here, you know? Um, I don't know if I would say it's unfinished, but I think he could have explored a bit more about the, the entity, perhaps, or maybe maybe made a few things a little more clear. But it's his movie and his art. But, you know, I, I can kind of see where that review is coming from. Yeah. And, you know, you know, much like the band Sun, people say, well, it's just feedback. It's just volume. And but so what? That's what it is. But really, it's about the experience that you have with it. And I would say the same thing about this movie. People say, well, it's just static shots of ceilings and, and toys. But it, this movie is really just about how how you you experience it being immersed in, in this in this film. And th that's the point of the movie to me. Um Mike, like I said, Mike, you and I, we were texting back and forth a little bit after this, and I texted you right after I watched it. And I was like, "Yeah, that was uh, that was a movie, that was something," and you, <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah, man, it's been like a week, and I still don't know how I feel about it." So, but you like, it's interesting, Mike Scandano. You seen it last night, and you were like instantly like, "I I love this." Whereas mm -hmm. Mike Hill and I were a little bit, little bit more like, it took me this really. I kind of made up my mind in the middle of the next day when I was like, I'm still thinking about this and I can't stop talking about it. I called one of my friends the next day. I'm like, you got to fucking see this movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hardly, it's like, you know what I said? It was like the visuals that play behind Godflesh in like the nineties when they played live. That's <laughs> yeah. what it reminded me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a good analogy. Um, it's just, again, the movie I think should be praised for taking these risks and and just putting uh, what I think is is very horrific imagery and just a mood and a vibe on the screen 
that I, I haven't seen in a while. And I don't think we see this very often. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I, I'm rooting for Kyle Edward Ball and, and hopefully his next movie is, is equally interesting and exciting. Um, but He'll probably be doing no, a Spider-Man or something. I know. Spider-Man right? movie. <laughs> but uh, no, the movie is, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Terrified 2 is not for everybody. This is not for everybody. But there is room in the horror genre for all of this. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only the only trepidation I had about it was like, because I'm like pre predisposed to like this movie. You know what I mean? Because I like all this, I like all this artsy stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm very much into like, you know, all this all the elements that make up this film. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, the the following day I was like, wow, that was like, you know. Like my my first instinct was to was to be like yeah I love it but then I think about you know what if this guy what if I, I'm like the ultimate mark you know what I mean <laughs> like you know what I mean like I am like really the the ultimate mark when it comes to like this type of horror film I love shit like this and I'm like man what if this guy is just like haha the joke is on everyone <laughs> this is like that was one of the reasons why like I'm like I don't know is this guy working me or what you know what I mean but uh, honestly the the all of the fan takes and the takes from writers and reviewers have made me like this movie more, honestly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, they've made me think of things that I didn't even think about initially. Um, you know, I, I, again, that's to me, it, it's the markings of, of a good film. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you fell asleep, you fell asleep, you know, that's on you. I, I, was the opposite of a sleep watching this movie. You know, I was yeah. fucking wide awake. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't find the movie tedious at first. Um, and like I said, I was uncomfortable and shuffling in my seat and it took a while to get into the rhythm of it. So I can see, yeah, if you watch it for 15 minutes and you're like, you're like okay, this isn't for me. But it really, like, the length... Because the common complaint is it's too long, but the length is part of the point of it. You, you by the end of it, you're you're completely lost in in this movie. In, in this movie, and I had for when it was over, I was sort of snapped out of it. Like, oh, it's over. Um, it what started off as something going so slow, all of a sudden just moved so quick. Only um, the last three minutes didn't fuck you guys up with that face, that oh, that man. that face in the distance talking to kevin when it when it ended i was like so i had this fucking chill man yeah i mean it was like when it when the film ended i felt like so empty man and um <laughs> you know and i'm alone in this fucking empty room basically with some guy passed out like two rows down <laughs> and i'm like i gotta walk out to my car now and go home you know and i'm just like you know it, it was a, it was it was heavy man it was an intense experience you know definitely uh, especially if you're of the thought that at the end Kevin dies, or if you're of the thought that at the end, like the entity has won out and has complete control over everything. Um, oh yeah, it's 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 a pretty stark, fucked up ending. Um, and it, it is it's a sense of hopelessness. There is no way out. The symbolism of, of the no doors and the no windows. It me that to me means eternity no way out no hope no escape uh there's just again like i said there's so much to think about you know 
Uh, oh, and it's all negative, by the way. There's yeah. no, <laughs> no good vibe to this film at all. You know what I mean? But like, like what? With my take on it was that Kevin was dead in the early part of the film. Like everyone, mm -hmm. was dead. and all the things that he was seeing were remnants of like, you know, like dis dis disambiguous, like his thoughts, like disseminating into an oblivion. And at the end, when it's like just go to sleep, is like the final. You know, he's in this space, like this liminal space that's between life and like being manifested in some other reincarnation. Mm. And when the entity tells him to go to sleep, it's like you, this is when you finally let go and you step. Maybe you're stepping into the next space and you're letting go of like your past experience, like your mm. past life. I don't know. That's that's what I as I was watching the film, that's the kind of stuff that was that I was taking from it, you know, and and, and me, like I said, maybe I'm just being influenced by stuff I've been reading about in the right. last few. But that's kind of like my formulation of it. But I do like I like your your take on it too, Mike. You know, that works. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, again, there are things that say to me that Kevin is not dead. Uh Kevin and Kaylee are, are are not dead initially. I think Kaylee does die. Um you know, uh, he asked, he asked the thing, what's your name? What's your name? It was just like, oh my God. Like, I, was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. I was dying. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, did you find that there was jump scares in this movie? Cause I didn't jump once. Cause I, I just, I, I heard someone alluding in an interview about cheap jump scares. No, was not no but three things fucked me up. Three things. Uh, the showing of Kaylee's face with the, mm. the, the no eyes, no mouth. The hand in the room after the mother has disappeared, that hand scene, which looks like a hand on a door, and the the telephone, the eyes of the toy telephone. Oh, the toy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three, those are three great scares. Are they jump scares? I don't know if they're jump scares, but those three scares in particular fucked me up. And the very end, when we see what we see of the face of evil, uh, to me, it was just enough to be fucking fucked up. You know, you don't see a lot. You see enough. To me, it almost looks like a perfect black metal album cover, uh, especially <laughs> if you hit pause on on that face. Fucking awesome. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah like um, I, I like uh, the, the shot that got me was the hallway getting like slowly getting longer. And again, at this point in the movie, I'm completely hypnotized. I'm not even sure if like that's what actually was on the film or it's just something I interpreted. Yeah, so it was so hypnotized. Shot. That was a great and shot. All the Legos on the ceiling and everything. Oh just that God. sort of displacement. That is, that's something that is sort of reoccurring probably in everyone's nightmares, but it certainly is for me. Just things not being as they should. This is my home. This is familiar, but the lamp is on the ceiling. <laughs> the, you know, like the Legos are, you know, things like that. It, it just felt, it really hit home to me. I was like, I, totally get this i these images this is the kind of shit i have nightmares about i think um if you put all the takes aside all the fan takes all the reviewer takes aside what you could say the movie is about unequivocally is about childhood horror uh yeah. childhood trauma and perhaps childhood fear of the unknown afraid of the dark there are things that this movie kind of hits really hard um, and I think that's kind of what the director did say a few things like that about how, you know, it's about what would you do if you woke up with your sibling in a dark house and your parents are gone. That's 
in a crux that's the fucking movie you know yeah in a way yeah absolutely um i think we, i mean really this is just something you you can listen to people talk about it you can read reviews but you're not gonna get it love it or hate it until you see it this has yeah. to be seen to be understood on any level if you if you hate it if you love it it has to be seen you, you you can't experience the movie through anyone else's experience you have to have it yourself absolutely um there was mild as far as the music in the film i, I felt like there were while there wasn't was there? A, a proper score i felt like there were right. moments of noise or, or like there, there was a, a a few moments where i felt like i heard a semblance of musicality um which was fucking creepy as hell um did you guys catch any of that? I think during some of the scares, like I feel like there was definitely like the, the, there was some, I don't know, might've just I, been I, minimal, minimal music. Yeah, I did only like uh, music. I, I, I could, was, was ambient noise and yeah. and the, the, the music from the TV. And again, really sets the tone of the movie that the, the eerie silence, the long mm -hmm. shots of nothing. <laughs> um, hearing that tv in the background it, it was so uh, familiar and alien at, at the same time i think a, a score over this would would be a, a disservice to it i don't know if you guys agree yeah i mean the lack of a proper score helped it in a way you know i think so um, whereas with halloween if you took the music out of halloween you might not <laughs> have halloween um but uh, I did feel, I maybe I'd have to watch it again. I felt like I did hear minimal, minimal music cues during certain of the scares that I described. Um, it might've just been the noise or it might've, you know what I'm saying? Like ambient noise or it might've just been who the fuck knows what, but whatever it was, it creeped me the fuck out. Um, yeah, if a horror movie is supposed to be scary, this succeeds as a horror film. Um, it may not succeed in the plot, you know, uh, it may not succeed as being a linear film, but it yeah. succeeds at being, to me, an original horror film and an original vision. Um, I am going to say with a score, uh, you know, I am giving this film a four with a bullet out of five, four out of five. Um, I almost went with 4.5, honestly, but it's a very, very solid four. It is something that will make my 2023 list. I don't see how it couldn't. Um, and again, I, I think I do want to watch it again. I may wait a while because honestly kind of fucked me up as a grown ass man. Um, and again, I look forward to hearing what, you know, more people I know think about it. And I don't know, I, I feel like in, in a way, it's kind of just begun this movie, you know? Um, mm. I think it's going to be a historic film. Agreed. Um, Mike Hill, uh, I'd like to hear your 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 final thoughts here. Yeah, I've come around, you know, once again, man, me and Mike come up with the same score on this. I, I give it a solid four. Mm. And what's gonna, what I suspect might happen is when this dude makes another movie, if it's different than this, I'll, my retro my retroactive score will probably increase you know what mm. i mean yeah um, like honestly, i might validate this more if he makes like another film that's like a romantic comedy or something like that and then <laughs> like 
this it'll make this film be better in my eyes. But like I, it took, like I said, it took me a while to figure out like what the fuck is this guy trying to say? Is he just working me because I'm a fan of this type of stuff? But at at my final, and I, I just I've been writing a, like notes about this movie like for like days, mm. and I'm just like you know trying to sort out my thoughts about it, and um, and I guess that's what drove me to come up with a four out of five because part of me is like yeah this movie affected me, I couldn't sleep that night or the night I watched it, like for days later, but right before I would go to sleep, I was like. You're in that super vulnerable state, and you're just like, "What? What happens if I wake up and I'm I'm in the darkness and there's no windows?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, crazy. It, that's how it affected me, like on this very primal level, you know, connected with fear and and nightmarish like thoughts, you know, in like a very visceral way, you know, and like a like the connected with things that, that you were afraid of when you were a kid that you're not that, that are still there as an adult, but there's layers of like you know, maturity on top of that and just cut through all those layers and connected to this deep fear and anxiety that you have, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's successful on that level, you know, and it's just, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my kill for the reasons you just stated, I'm giving it a five. Wow. Five. Excellent. Five. Five. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say I enjoyed watching it, but like I said, this is it's been a week now since I've seen it uh, for two days after it's literally the only thing I, I could talk about. Mm. Uh, I have friends I just jabbered uh, to on the phone about this. Like, uh, <laughs> um, whatever the director was going for, I think he nailed it. This is one of the most effective things I've seen in a long time. And to me, that's the mark of a good horror movie. It's not about gore. It's it's about tone mm. and effectiveness. And a really good horror movie is something I can't shake for days. It's something that really, really gets under my skin. Like, uh, like um, you know, something like uh, The Wicker Man. That ending yeah, is just exactly. so yeah. uh, horrific. It just stays with you. Or... Um, or, or Speak No Evil, my favorite uh, horror film of 2022. Just... When that ended, I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like it, the room yeah. just got cold. And this affected me even more. Like I, I just, it just something about it really like spoke to me and, and brought me back to like childhood and reminded me what it was like to be uh, afraid. Cause I mean, when you're, you just don't understand anything when, when you're four years old uh, and, and, and Kevin, the character of him being unable to process what was, was happening was, was heartbreaking and yeah I, I you feel for him i felt so i felt so bad for him and his sister i really did yeah and, and, and it's a character you never even really see <laughs> no I mean, no uh you see like uh, shots of legs you maybe see their backs uh I, yeah it, it's completely effective and uh mike scandato i agree this is i mean it's only february but this is in you know uh, this could be my number one movie of the year so far it is, but I've only seen like a handful of things. So. <laughs> right. No, exactly. I mean, look, um, I'm glad we all liked it a lot. I, I kind of had a Me feeling uh, we would. Um, and I think the, the listeners of this podcast who, who have not seen it uh, will hopefully go into it with some of these thoughts and, and, and you know, seeds planted in their head. Uh, those who have seen it and disliked it, hell, maybe you'll watch it again and reevaluate it um but it's going to be interesting to see what people think 
you know, once uh, this episode airs. And of course, we, we love the commentary and, you know, we, we welcome it. So please let us know what you thought of this movie and what you thought of our takes on this movie. I've um, gotten a few, uh, I've had a few conversations with people and it all boils down to, I fucking hated that movie. So yeah, my, I don't friends, think my brother liked it. I don't think, um, you know, I, it, I it's literally, weird. someone on Instagram said it is literally the worst movie I've ever seen. Worse than dash cam. Oh, oh come, come on. on. <laughs> See, like, like, I, I hate this movie and now I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the, 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 this, this person who, who wrote, uh, on the hard nerd discussion that I knew in five minutes this movie was going to suck. I, I didn't see that. That's I was just like, I wish I, I who can judge any movie in five minutes? Like five minutes. Well, the, this is not something you can go in with your, with your mind made up. I mean, I, I don't do go into anything like that. Uh, you know, there's some things I think I'll think I'll probably like, I think I probably won't like it, but I always keep an open mind and, for me, this movie didn't hit its rhythm until about the 20, 25 minute mark. So you really, I think at that point, you know if you're with it or not. But even if I wasn't with it, I'd sit through it. I don't I don't walk out of anything. I saw a fucking Jason X in the movie theater and I didn't walk out. I did too. In the, I did too. <laughs> 2002. I enjoyed Jason X. Got a little kick out of it. And that's a little nostalgic now. But saw yeah. that in the theater. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. Um Again, you know, I guess it's kind of the beauty of horror. Lots of uh, lots of opinions, lots of takes. Um, this movie will will definitely divide audiences, um, but I think this is going to be a grower. I think this movie will uh, eventually. Some people will turn a corner on this one. What What do you guys think? I think that this is like kind of like um, one of those one of those beginning of an of an era. You know what I mean? This is like like an important film that's pushing things forward. And I, I hope people don't start ripping it off, but they start taking cues mm. from this film as like a way to tell a story that's maybe not so obvious. And the fact that it made so much money, you know, mean that it did connect with a certain amount of people. You know, oh, it's like. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like it, but a lot of people did like it. So maybe there's this is there's definitely an audience for this type of experimental film that normally would probably not get a theatrical release. You know what I mean? Like something like this, like 10, 15 years ago, would just be something that you you ordered, you know, on that you gotta have like a hard copy of this, and that's the only way you'd be able to see it, you know. Yeah, like that, like that film Begotten. Actually, I was kind of thinking about that watching yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. Like begotten. I think I think I mentioned that to somebody. You, yeah, I'm you might. Yeah, I think you did. Um, yeah, and I was like, yeah, it reminded me of like begotten and like early Lynch short films, you know. But yeah, but it's its own thing though. It's not even like any of those things. That's the things that comes to mind though. Oh, totally. You can see it take the inspiration from that and, and and run with it. But like you were saying, like you know, I hope there's not a carbon copy of it. That's that's when like like the things that when people accuse, oh, it's weird for the sake of weird. I think you get that. From, from films that would try to copy something like this, you know what I mean? Like if, if like, uh, like if a, a band came out and just took the sh- sun's whole whole shtick, sort of like they did from Earth. Um, but you, yeah, you know well, what I mean? What like, they did from Earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, um, I think this is a genuine thing, and and someone like trying to, to copy. I don't think this can be recreated. It has to have 
uh, in, intent and, and just ideas behind it. And if you, if you do something that's just weird for the sake of weird, it's not going to turn out like this. It's not going to be as effective. I think you can, we'd be able to see through bullshit like that. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. There, there are. There's two other movies that are coming out. Um, I saw the trailer for one at this this uh, when I, in the theater when I saw um, Skinner Marik. It's a. Uh, it, it actually was. Um, this movie apparently had been made a couple of years ago. It's called Ennis Maine, hmm. and it's um you know it's like a British, you know, obviously British film, probably some sort of folky like you know, connection to some ancient ideology or whatever. But apparently this film is very light on narrative and it's a lot of imagery and it's like probably in some ways similar to this and Seder. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's like these more, um, you know, kind of arcane methods of telling stories, which surprisingly are seeming to hit with people. You know I mean? Like it doesn't matter if I like it. Cause like, I, I like, I just, I like shit like that. You know what I mean? I, yeah. To me, it's not it's irrelevant whether or not I like it, but other people seem to be getting into it, which I think is interesting. Mm, and there's a film cool. that's being released. I think it's in the theaters now or it's about to be released. That's called um the fuck's it called? Out the Outwaters. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I want to see that. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a found it's footage. Coming. Yeah. It's a found footage film, but it 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 does have like a non-linear storytelling narrative and uh Apparently that's coming on Screenbox, which mm. I actually subscribed to that recently because I wanted to watch um, History of the Occult, mm. and I'll probably I'll probably hang on to it for another couple of months to check it out. It's going to be an exclusive on Screenbox. How much is Screenbox, Mike? Like five bucks, you know, same okay. deal. Maybe but I'll you get one for free if you sign up. You get a, you get a trial, three months trial. So oh, that's awesome. Know, sign up for free wow. and don't renew it. You know, I literally just read about that today for the first time. Screenbox, some Japanese horror movie. Uh, premiering on there this month. Uh, I forget the name. It has yellow with, uh, or something like some color in the title. I think it comes out today. But anyway, yeah, I never heard of this before. And then you mentioned it, so it sounds like it's worth uh, investigating for sure. Yeah, it, it's just like a competitor of Shutters. The same way Shutter has exclusives, they have exclusives. Like that history of the occult was an exclusive with them. You can only, you can't even rent it anywhere right now. And uh, and this uh, actually, this this the Outwaters. In addition to the film, there's a prequel and sequel that are also going to be exclusives at the same time that that film gets released on Screenbox. So I'm gonna definitely going to check all that stuff out. Awesome. Amazing. All right. All right, listeners. That uh, wraps up this episode. Uh, yeah. See this movie. See Skin Americ, Um And uh, don't be afraid, right, guys? <laughs> I'm already afraid thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're already afraid. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for the support, and we will see you all next time. All right, guys. Thank you. Peace. Cheers. Skin a rinky dinky dink, skin a rinky doo. I love you. Hello, we're on the air. Surprise us everywhere. Your wacky, naughty, funny friends are here. So cheer. We're sharing Lois Brown. That's me. That's me. I am. With Copycat. And Ella, we're, we're complete. complete. How sweet. Skinamarinky-dink-tee-dee-time. The station with the imagination on the line. What do you say for something fun to see? Skinamarinky-dee-dee. 
Right here's where you belong To laugh and sing along And clap and jump and run and dance and play Hooray! There's fun and games with clues Good weather, sports and news Where anything can happen And it does Because it's Skidamarine